can't believe it's our second podcast. John Wood and Alison Craig here with you with What's the Chat? And thanks very much for joining us. And uh, thanks very much for all the comments as well, emails and, uh, well, quite a lot of nice response and uh, nice comments. No death threats as yet. Uh, not as yet. It's early days. But uh, no, we're absolutely blown away by a, uh, the response from you. So thank you for being in touch. Um, we've had contact from Uganda, from Thailand, from Australia, from Jakarta, yeah. from Edinburgh, funnily enough, from Home Sweet Home. And uh, and it's all been very positive. So thanks for listening. And I think we're registered with most of the podcasty, downloady platform things now. So you can get us. I don't even know the names of them all, but there's Deezer and Stitcher and Apple and Google and um, it sounds, sounds, <laughs> sounds like, like a dwarfs. It's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It does. It's available on Snow White, Grumpy, Dopey. <laughs> Certainly with Grumpy and Dopey. That's our kind of stage names. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's just been brilliant. And if you do want to get in touch with us about anything on the show, then uh, just email us on what's the chat at gmail.com or you can tweet us actually because I've started a, a Twitter account as well, which is what's the chat podcast. And uh, and yeah, every Tuesday we're going to be releasing a new one. So uh, next week we're going to start with guests as well. Our technology's right. coming on, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, I was just going to say, 1st of February, time flying already. Uh, so how was the week? Did you have a dry January then? A lot drier than yours. It got slightly wet. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a rhetorical question. No, it's bizarre doing this without being in a bar, though, isn't it? Because the number of times that we had either brutal hangovers or we were champing at the bit to get around to Mathers for six pints of lager. It's well, changed cool. these, Jonathan. Well, actually, I must admit, I'm starting to maybe just drink at the weekend uh, mm-hmm. and try to leave it during the week and take the dogs okay. for a walk during the week. So that's that's a bit better, I think. But there's a question. How can you tell at the moment where the week stops and the weekend begins? Oh, God knows, honestly. It's just... It's just one thing after another after another and you don't know what day it is. I mean, when I first retired, I didn't know what day it was. Now, with Lockin, I don't know who I am. I have to say it's happy not- birthday to myself every John, morning. John, sadly, it's not a lock-in. <laughs> oh, is it it's not? It's a lockdown. No. All right. Actually, I do. I mean, lock-ins, there's a story. My goodness me, you could probably get an awful lot of people into an awful lot of trouble talking about those. But I remember my dad, he got himself involved in a lock-in in the, uh, it was one of the islands. I don't know which one it was, but it was it was one of the ones where the bar shut quite definitely at 10 o'clock and there was no messing. It was back in the day, you know. Anyway, him and his pal got involved in a lock-in and in the local pub, whatever it was, playing a bit of music, telling a few stories. And the door opened and in came the local Bobby. So there was a kind of frisson of panic. Then they realised he was actually just coming in for a for a late drink as well. So he ended up joining in. And my dad, through he can't remember how it happened, but he ended up handcuffing the policeman to the bar stool. <laughs> And the policeman was quite up for it. You know, it was just one of these really bizarre stories. It's like other story. Remember the Irish one where the guy went into the bar about quarter to 11. He says, I'll have a pint of Guinness, please. He says, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we, we, we don't serve drink until 11. He says, oh, you can have a seat there. You have a seat there. So he says, I'll just have a seat over here. He says, fine. He says, now, would you like a drink while you're waiting? <laughs> <laughs> But so you're you're obviously being quite well controlled if all you're doing is drinking at the weekend. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm drinking vast amounts at the weekend. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing not not too bad at the weekend. I was down seeing my mother the other day there. Oh, I how's she doing? Well, she's waiting on the jab, obviously, which is the big yeah. thing, you know. And uh, she's saying she's getting a bit concerned because she says if it's a drive-through, they'll have to stick Mars out the window. I went, no. <laughs> You'll be fine. Just your arm. You'll be fine. You know. But my mother gets her, her, her newspapers, but she also gets the Hello magazine. 
Now, have you ever seen this thing? Unbelievable. I haven't seen it for ages, but yeah. I've seen it, but I never sort of thumbed through it. And I thought, I'm going to have a wee look to see what nonsense is in this. My mother Uh calls it the Hello Book. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's got less words than a page of Ur Willy, you know. But anyway, (laughs) um, it's all, it's full of these people who are trying to boast. You know, people are trying to make ends meet in this COVID situation. And there we are uh, at home with Eric and Hannah Harima. Now, apparently, they are the makers of the Queen's favourite fizz. Like, we need to blink and know. A, who are they? B, why do we need to know? And C, stop ramming it down our throats. Stop buying Hello Book. Exactly. No, there are many, many people that have not got a clue about what's going on in the world. That big, tall, toady... Specs. (laughs) Specs. <laughs> looks like Horace from. Looks like Horace from. Oh, Reese Moy. Yes. Jacob Reese Mogg. There are no words to describe that man. I mean, no. not add enough words to describe him. No. He just, he's such, he's got that privileged sort of way about him. He just lollops across all the benches, you know, long. I know, long. I saw that. How, dis- how disrespectful. He's just, he's got no idea. And apparently he's made millions out of the whole Brexit thing and he's now basing his business out of Dublin. So, you know, he's just rubbing his bony, evil hands together because he just made more money out of the whole thing. I can't stand him. There's something about him. I think he could haunt a house, that face. Like you, you know, I like watching them in the House of Commons and stuff like that. And you, and you watch the news, you know, you don't want to watch the news, but you watch it. And of course, mm-hmm. today it's all the big vaccine stories going for the over 70s and stuff like that. And you think, oh, I'll just flick through the channel. And then you get to loose women who at the same time are discussing, are you a matchy, matchy mum? Oh, what? What's a, a matchy, matchy mum? Not a matchy well, mum. A matchy-matchy mum is someone who wears matching tops and bottoms and hats and coats and scarves. Are you a matchy-matchy mum? <laughs> a wurzle, burzle, gummage. I mean, that's what I am. I can't imagine why anybody would be bothered to get dressed up and do anything just now. I mean, I'm, I'm every time I speak to you, I'm in the same clothes, basically. Obviously, I've got clean underwear. But, you know, I'm just wearing the same jeans and jumper. What's the point? I know, I know, totally. I'm the same. As I said to you last time, sometimes I get a wee bit dressed up for dinner. You know, I'll I'll put my underwear in on, which is good, you know, and it's clean. <laughs> on your head. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> turn and talk, dear, turn and talk. Oh, uh, I haven't heard that before. But, yes, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not a domestic goddess. I know that'll shock you. And uh, the fact that nobody's been in our house since March uh, means the place is an absolute dump. I mean, you'd think, you know, with all the time and the hands and things like that, that you would have lots and lots of uh, urges to hoover, but Clearly, that's not come over me yet. Uh, my wife came in the other day. I says, I've done three washings. I've hung them up. I've done three washings. And just looked at me and went, so what? Did you take them down to the river on your head and thrash them against a rock with sweat coming from your brow as you drink? Don't say the word thrash against the rock when you're speaking to a woman like that, John, because no, you no. will give her ideas and you will be... You'll deserve everything you get, you cheeky monkey. It's really bizarre. I was actually looking at... Uh, on TV, they were in a, a room with a waiter and food and wine. And I said to my wife, what's that called again? Oh, it's a restaurant. (laughs) It's a restaurant. I'm sorry, I forget that. It is. It is bizarre. It'll take me ages, I think, to get my confidence to go back into a room with other people. It's it's going to be quite amazing. Right. But I'll tell you one thing, and I don't know if it's the, um, the stuff we've been watching on TV, but I've been having the most vivid and weird dreams. Oh, so have I. Oh, I. Oh, Oh, last night I was at school. And half my face was scaly like a reptile. Oh, 
my God. Were you there at school as a schoolboy or as a teacher? No, I was there as a teacher and I was having lunch with Rod Stewart while my face was all scaly. What's that about? Did he mention it? No, he never mentioned. No, he didn't. He was very polite, actually. He was very polite, chatted away and stuff like that. And I could, and then I, I finished the lunch, went to a mirror, saw my face, and just freaked out, you know. And that's without drugs or alcohol. That's me just sleeping. I know, my God. Well, there, there must be something to do with the situation we're all in then, because I don't normally dream, but I've had some really bizarre ones, you know. Talk about, talk about these dreams. You know, I, I was a, a drama teacher for a while. I, I used yeah, to get this me. recurring dream. I used to get probably about once a month that I had memorized the the words for uh, Ibsen's A Doll's House, but I was in West Side Story. So I had memorized the wrong play and I was walking on and I had no idea what was going on. And the other one was, because I played drums, I used to dream I was uh, going to a gig, set up my drum kit, but I couldn't set it up. It just kept falling apart every time I tried to set it up. Oh, and the band's going, come on, come on, come on. I can't. And the bass drum's falling about, the hi-hat's falling on the floor, cymbals are out. Oh, nightmare, nightmare. I wonder, you know, some people can read dreams and things, you know, and tell you what yeah. it's all about. There's, there's ones like falling and your teeth falling out and stuff like that that mean particular things. But I quite often, I'm in a kind of combat situation, you know. Remember, I was in Ireland with uh, Roger Daltrey, you know, the lead singer of the Yeah, Heat. yeah, yeah. Him and I, him and I were rolling around and, you know, covered in mud on our faces and sort of camouflage gear, we're obviously on some secret mission. Just weird stuff. And I've not well, been drinking because I am on dry January. Yeah. Well, do you remember we used to have a guy, Ian, was it Ian Johnson? I can't remember his last name. He used to come in and analyse dreams when we used to do the radio programme. We should oh, maybe try and get a hold of him uh, and do a bit of uh, analysing the dreams because they're fascinating. I mean, I remember a, a party with Ian and everybody eventually just flops around them because it's like, go and tell me the stuff. What, what, what does this mean? What is it? Especially now. The other thing, annoying thing, is you wake up in the morning and you can remember absolutely everything and then 30 seconds later it's gone. You know, it's yeah. like, I can't. I can't remember anything, but I was. I got up this morning. I thought, you know, it's Monday, so I'm going to do some exercise. And uh, and about, after about 15 minutes, I just lay on the floor for a while, just thinking, actually, I can't be bothered. And I was thinking, do you know, the youngsters, the youngsters today, um, they're all obsessed with the gym. I mean, I didn't go into a gym till I was about 30. And that was, I went off that by the age of 30 and a half. So it's just, it's a different way of being. I mean, how are you keeping yourself fit, moving well, and fast? I, I, I just used to drink with a guy called Jim. That's the closest I've got to it. You know, I actually found something on Facebook, which was a seven minute workout. And I thought that's got my name all over it because it's high impact. You do it quite fast and it's supposed to burn off more calories. So I started it and it was exercises like, you know, squats and then, uh, uh, jumping jacks, and then you had press-ups and things like that. And I tried my best, you know. Well, I, I got to week two. I was knackered, by the way. I got to week two, and one of the exercises was jogging on the spot. Uh, I pulled my hamstring <laughs> and, and had to stop. That was it, the end. <laughs> exercise is dangerous. I think there's no two ways about that. See, there's one reason not to jog right there. I'll tell you, you watch in the next few years to come, the, the amount of people that will be getting knee replacements and hip replacements because they jogged. Well, if you're a girl, you need a boob replacement because, it, you know, I mean, we're not built for all of that and everything just heads south anyway, I have to say. And at my age, I can tell you this is true. It's not a hideous rumour. And But if you add the jogging onto that, the gravitational pull on the boob, I mean, you yeah. might as well tuck them at the top of your socks, frankly. That's a great, the gravitational pull on your boob. That, get it's, that in a t-shirt. 
Uh, you get to that stage in life when you when you wake up in the middle of the night, when you go to the loo in the middle of the night, oh, I actually just oh. hud on to them and walk oh, no. to the loo. And how do you know? You're not. Well, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> or do you have moobs? Are you a moob grappler? No, I'm not. It's, it's my stomach that's a problem. And unfortunately, in the middle of the night, on the way to the toilet, my dear wife has put a large mirror on one of the walls. So I just go out to the hall and I, I glance and I, oh, I, <laughs> I sort of give myself quite a shock. But the thing is, I see my stomach and then on my way back, I hold my stomach in so it doesn't look so bad in the mirror. What the hell is that about? It's like I'm going out with myself or something. That reminds me of uh, some bar. I can't remember which one it was. I went to the opening uh, with Dynamite, you know, and oh, we were in the, hang, that's the dog. Shut up! Uh, and yeah, we were we were at the bar as you can expect. The free drink was still going, so we were still slugging it back. And she said, "I'm desperate to loon." And I said, "Well, I'll wait here for you." Clearly, I wasn't going to leave the bar. So anyway, off she went, and she took quite a while. But she came back. She was laughing her head off. And I said, "What have you done?" She said, "Well, it's so dark in here." She said, "I couldn't find out where the hell I was going." So I saw somebody, and I thought, "Oh, she looks nice." Oh, and she's wearing the same top as me. So she went up to her and she said, "Excuse me, could you tell me where the toilet is?" And she actually. And asked the whole question, and then she realised as she was waiting for an answer that she was speaking to a reflection in a mirror. Oh no! Oh, oh yes. No, I, do, I was just hoping that that natural high is going to kick in. You know, I mean, I do go out walking every day, as I've said before, and uh, and I realise now what I do is I talk to myself. Actually, I actually do talk to myself out loud because if there's nobody around, it's funny you should say about talking. I've just been up the park with uh, the dog. Talking to myself around the park. There are more people it's doing that. You know, oh, just blethering away. Having a, in fact, I'm thinking of going out with myself. I'm that interested. <laughs> are you going to take yourself out for dinner or, or just? I might coffee? do that. Yeah, I might. I'll start with a coffee. See how it yeah. goes. Yeah, uh, but do I, I don't know what to wear. I've no idea what to wear. <laughs> I don't want to appear too keen. No, I know what you mean. Yes, you could. You could scare yourself off. <laughs> I might actually turn up late for the date just to play hard to get. <laughs> This is such a dark tunnel, isn't it? I know quite a few people that have been doing some online dating though during lockdown. You know, there's been a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of um, a lot of walking again. You know, it's a bit like going back to the Victorian era, except you haven't generally got you know your mother with you when you go out. But people will walk at a distance and and chat to each other around parks and things like that. And uh, yeah, so people are still getting out and hooking up, it although not full yeah. enchilada. By the way, it must be. I mean, I mean, you miss the enchilada. I mean, you do miss the enchilada. Well, you know, remember, do you remember we used to go to that Mexican restaurant on, oh God, was it, which one? It was Viva Mexico and it was the original one on... Tex, uh, not Tex-Mex, Tex-Mex, no. The one in Hanover Street, was it? Yeah, was that Tex-Mex? Where you went downstairs to it. Yeah. Yeah. And we used to go in there after the show on a Sunday and spend the whole afternoon there, yeah, didn't we? Right. Uh, there was a whole crowd of us. We used to drink them out of tequila and eat the most... I mean, just excessive amounts of fajitas. What a oh, laugh. Oh. I love Mexican food. Oh, I'm the same. I'm the same. There's a lovely little restaurant, and it's been there for years. And if you're in the, the centre of Edinburgh, I popped down to Stockbridge since Stephen Street, and it's called the Blue Parrot. It's still a little. It's still there. there. It's still there. It's a little basement uh, Mexican cantina. But uh, we've been along a few times. It's very small. They've got an outside toilet. But I'll tell you what, the food, the chicken enchilada with cashew nuts to die for. What do you mean they've got an outside toilet? Yeah, they have a, they, they, they lose outside. You have to go outside the restaurant to go to the toilet. It's a little, 
It's a little hut at the end of the... I mean, it's all very, very nice. Oh, no, I love going to the Blue Parrot. And the guy that owned it, I don't know if he still owns it, it was a guy called Rod? That's right. He went down, yeah, I think he, he went down south. Oh, uh, did he? You know, he won, his mum won the lottery when oh, he was no. a kid. Yeah, because when I first moved to Edinburgh, he used to sit in the antiquity with his dog drinking. And That's I used right. to take my dog into the antiquity and, you know, we just chatted away and he was he was a nice guy. But, um, you know, he told us a story. He lived in Edinburgh in a normal little house with his mum and she won the lottery. So he started uh, the Blue Parrot, which I was... I remember, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had an Irish, an Irish wolfhound he had. That's right. That's yeah. right. It was a big, hairy glute of a dog. I love that dog. God. I remember Dave buying, a, when we were in Ireland years ago, he bought a, a tweed jacket, which he thought was lovely. And I thought made him instantly look like a 75-year-old vet. It was all lumpets and grumpets. And uh, anyway, it was I didn't like it at all. So anyway, this is years ago. I decided that when you know his back was turned and he was out of the house, I would recycle it. So I just uh, took it off its hanger, shoved it in a bin liner and dropped it into the charity shop in Stockbridge. But three days later, David was driving along Stockbridge, caught in the traffic. He turned around and he thought, my God. So he came into the house and he said, you'll never guess. He said, I just saw a jacket absolutely identical to my one. You know, the one I bought in Ireland. <laughs> and I said, oh God, that was your jacket. So uh, yes, he went back and bought it back. He had to buy his own jacket back for five pounds. They only put five pounds on it. Hideous thing. <laughs> I remember my dad was throwing out because my dad used to play in the band as well. He had an old dinner suit, and I thought, "Hey, I might get some money for this." And do you know who I ended up taking it to, along with some other rags and the old jumpers and stuff? I was a wee boy at the time. Was along to the original Madame Doubtfire, <gasps> and uh, yeah, I met her, and she she had a big set of scales in the in the in the shop, in the basement shop, and she used to wear. And I said, "I've got a dinner suit here." I think she bartered me down to about you know half a penny or something like that but she used to regularly sit outside with a clay pipe no yeah where about it's where where the doubtfire gallery is uh well come out the bailey take a left and then as you're going up towards princess street right in the corner there that was (laughs) madame doubtfire and of course the movie i mean obviously the, the producer i think was through here saw the name thought that's good. That'll, I'll go for that, you know. Uh, I mean, there's some classic uh, places in Edinburgh that aren't marked. I mean, there's the, the old brothel in Danube Street. That used to, you that know, apparently, true. yeah, during the, what was it, the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland and uh, various other times of year, they were incredibly busy because David, his family number was one digit different, apparently, and there right. was particular times. Yep. Her name was Mrs. Noyce, and she lived at 17 Danube Street. And I remember when she died, reporting Scotland covered her funeral and of course all the the working ladies were there but of course they all had it was raining and all the umbrellas were over the face so you couldn't see any <laughs> the, the identity but she was a, she was a very small diminutive woman but as you a bit very powerful obviously and a good head for business and as you say the church of scotland and also when the uh, the american navy was in that was them queuing around the streets <laughs> God, amazing stories of Mrs. Noyce. Mrs. No- Madam Noyce, she was called. Madam, yeah. Madam Noyce. Noyce work, oh. you can get it. Yeah. How yeah. So, you, so you've got quite a few, uh, an almanac of capital characters then in your... Oh, uh, yeah. I still, I still remember things from my childhood, like Ing and Johnny's. They used oh, to yeah. come around. You know, it sounds like a condom. It's not. It's actually a guy who used to come from France. And he, they did have the striped T-shirts. They came from Brittany. And they had the onions around their neck and their velos, you know, the bike. Who, who needs subtitles when we've got you in the room? Ingen, Johnny's, and Ingen. Uh, Cream Boy used to come around as well. Yeah, it was Cream yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cream, cream Boy. 
yeah, yeah. Seems normal at the time, and now when you say that to people, it's like, yeah, what? I know. Well, I used to work. I remember Saint uh, Saint Cuthbert's used to deliver milk, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, when they had the Saint Cuthbert store. And a lot of people, if you're really old, will remember your your granny's Saint Cuthbert's pin number. You used to everybody had a store number. I can't remember my granny's, but my dad used to remember it. Anyway, long story short, used to come around Cumberland Bank Street where I lived with a horse and cart. <laughs> and I used to deliver the milk. I used to help him take my sandwiches. Yeah. And he used to go up the stairs and deliver the milk. And my reward was when we got to Lermont, uh, he had to turn the horse and we had to gallop back to the bowling club. Uh, so I used to take the reins of the horse and would gallop back right to the bowling club. Then he'd say, right, you sit here, watch the car. I'm going in for a couple of beers. So I used to sit there, get my wages, which was two and six, and look after the horse and the horse's car. The only problem was, was when it farted right in your face. Not good when you're going, you know, with the wind. Not good. Not good. I didn't know that. Was that your yeah. first job then? I, I was only about, oh God, I was younger than 10. I must have been eight or nine at the time. I loved it. And oh, I wanted that- to be a milkman. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah oh, that. my first job was uh, working in a shoe shop. That was my first part-time job when I was about fifteen, uh, and I—it was absolutely horrendous dealing with people's feet all day long and just oh, vermin and corns and socks and knee socks and tights and lumpety nails oh, and. I don't not know, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't think we can top that, Alison. Oh my God. I had a, a friend that was really bad for malapropisms, they're called, you know. So instead of saying, like he used to say, for God's sake, pull your shoes up, you know, instead of right, your socks right. and things like that. I always was getting things completely twisted and wrong. Came away with some absolute clinkers. And I remember we were doing, um, in fact, we were doing an on-air quiz, you know, and coming up with all sorts of uh, questions, obviously, before we went on-air. And uh, he turned around genuinely to everybody in the production office and went, where is euthanasia? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should leave it at that. Yeah, he, yeah, you, you do get them, though. You do get them. My mother's goes. My mother goes through that as well. You know, you'll go down and uh, you'll say, "How are you, mum? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." In fact, when my dad was alive, he used to read the evening news and then look up from it and he was reading the obituary column. He says, "How are you getting on, dad?" He says, "I'm puzzled." I says, "What are you puzzled with?" He says, "It's strange how they all die in alphabetical order." <laughs> <laughs> But my mother the other week there says, I, I, that Mrs. Mrs. Smith across the road, she's got a touch of the dimensions. <laughs> okay, dimension. Well, she's like, you know, uh, Broadway, feet, way, feet, what is it? You know, what do you mean dimensions, you know? Yeah, no, my mum, I remember saying that she was a bit, uh, I mean, we've always had dogs, you know, we're, we're dog lovers in, in, in our family generally. But she came in one day in a terrible state and I said, what on earth is it, mother? And she went, uh, she said, oh God, the that guy next door has got himself a Budweiser. I went, what? <laughs> got himself a Budweiser. I thought, well, I'll go around and see him then. And suddenly, you know, eventually we got to the bottom of it. It was a Rottweiler. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had kids at school. They had to write an essay about their favourite dog. And this guy said, I love my half-canned hound. He <laughs> 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 just got this image of this dog steaming out his head, walking up Buchanan Street or something like that. A half-canned hound. Oh, I love it. I'm just trying to remember. As Louis told me, what the hell was it when he was a wee boy? He went away off to somebody's house for tea, and he came back. God, that was right. Yeah, when Louis was a kid, he went off to this uh, friend's house, and then he came back, you know, and he had his tea and stuff. And I went, so what did you have for tea? And he went chinchillas. 
And I went, chinchillas? And he went, yeah, chinchillas. And I thought, bloody hell, you know, I said, like a cross between a gerbil and a hamster. What the hell are they doing feeding the kids chinchillas? <laughs> and it was an enchilada. <laughs> 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 I, I love the I love the way kids when you you know they're always in total denial. I mean, their catchphrase for life at some schools was "It wasn't me," and I was walking along the corridor. It was actually West Hills Education Centre where I was working there. I was walking along the corridor, and this guy and this other guy, he was batting seven bells at him. You know, so we pulled them off. So right, hey, come on, you stop that. You start first words right. Was it me? <laughs> I was two feet in front of you. So was the other teacher. What do you mean? It was the was the me. Was the me. Was the me. It was him. What do you mean? It's out. Oh, oh, my dad told a story about the station hotel in Aberdeen. He was sitting in there and he was just taking a bit of shelter, basically, before he was meeting his pal off the train, you know. And he was sitting having a cup of tea or whatever it was. And he said to the waiter, um, "Can you tell me what time it is? You know, I'm waiting for a train." And the guy just looked at him and went, "You're new at my table." And off he went. He wouldn't even. Tell him. <laughs> you love that. It's it's the Scottish service ethic. It's very hard, yeah. isn't it? It's like there was, yeah. some, there was something similar actually. I remember I was doing one of the first programs I did for for the radio station was the the history of the dance hall days, which oh, yeah. you, your mum would remember. Your mum and dad would remember. My mum and dad remember. My dad used to play at some of them. So I ended up interviewing one of his musicians, and uh, he was playing. Now, where it might have been the Pally he was playing at, and they were playing some Beatles numbers, you know. And this guy came up at the end of, you know, they played da da da, and everybody applauded. And this guy came up and went, Yeah, can I help you? He says, Shite. Huh? <laughs> so that was shite. Okay, fine. So anyway, next week, cut to next week, the guy's still there. So we'll, we'll, play, we'll play another one, play another one. Came up at the end of that song and went, Shite. <laughs> Absolute shite. So the third time they thought, right, let's get this bugger. So what they did was they, they had a reel-to-reel tape and they actually had a recording of the Beatles and they mimed, right? And at the end, the guy came out, came up the band and went, better, but no as good. <laughs> True story. True story. Oh, uh, yeah, there's always a bloody joker in every pack. Oh, I know. I would have liked to have seen the old dance all days, the atmosphere of it all, and, you know, Pali, the Cavendish, all these places. You know, it must have been absolutely amazing, you know. Yeah, they used to get really dressed up as well. I've got old pictures of my folks in the 50s and whatnot. You know, we, we used to get, well, I put on a lot of body glitter and too much makeup and good disco dancing. But in those days, they'd put on really beautiful dresses and the guys would be all dressed up in suits and hats and you know it was a real sense of occasion maybe it'll be like this that after this you know because everybody's well, desperate to get out of their jumpers and their goonies it'd be nice to thought of all getting dressed up and going somewhere well there's one i remember one guy told me about the band he was in he went along to the gig and uh he saw advertised on the board that said uh, two bands I thought, that's strange. I thought we were the only band on tonight. So he went in and uh, they went into their sort of dressed in green room area. And there were some women's clothes all hanging up. He says, what's that? But he says, that's what you have to change into the second half. You're the second band. (laughs) (laughs) So so they had to do this drag act. (laughs) They just laid out women's clothes and told them to wear the (laughs) second Classic. Two for one. Two for one. Well, they got paid double, so there's no questions asked. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. No problem at all. No problem. <laughs> do anything for a fiver. God. Well, that's it. I think uh, our 30 minutes are up. Somebody's taking the ball back. So just a reminder to you, we'll be doing this once a week. You can email us at whatsthechatpodcast at gmail.com. 
and uh, you can download us and subscribe us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and why would you? We can't even string a sentence. Yeah. Well, that's another thirty that's minutes. The <laughs> from Jack from the parsnip soup. It's David's parsnip soup. I cannot ever have that again. I swear I was just about thrown out the house on Saturday night. His fault. He made it. Yeah, I when when Donna goes away to her mum's on a Sunday, I usually make a lovely big seafood garlicky and then she oh. comes back and goes, You're stinking the garlic, so that's strange because I've been eating it. <laughs> right, okay, right, go. Okay. Well that is uh, that's our second podcast, done and dusted already. It flew by, didn't it, John? It did indeed. Thanks very much for listening and spread the word around the world. It's not too much to ask. And <laughs> well, I did like, actually, one of the guys that was in touch about the podcast, he said, that's, he said, it's brilliant to find you. He said, I'll, I'll let my friends know by semaphore. Because oh. <laughs> clearly it's, you know, it's new technology and we're all discovering it. It's very exciting, but it takes a while to get there. But basically, if you go to Apple, Google, Ditcher, no, Stitcher, Deezer. Dopey, sneezy. <laughs> And them. halfwit, yeah, you'll find us there somewhere. Just, just Google Podcasts, and you, yeah, Spotify is quite good. If you've got Spotify, you can follow it there. Anyway, subscribe, and we'll we'll be annoying on a weekly basis. So, uh, thank you for your company, and uh, be in touch on what's the chat at gmail Sorry, what's the chat podcast at gmail dot com, and uh, yeah, just be part of it because as of next week, we've got the technology to make phone calls and have you on the show if you'd like to come on. So why not? Yeah, and we can beam people aboard, just like the Star Trek in the next couple of weeks as well. So that'll be good as well. So listen, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next Tuesday. You will, and have a very good week, and look after yourself. Stay safe. See that jingle thing? Multi-million dollar jingle at the end. (laughs) Well, I'll go and phone the lawyer now, and I'll speak to you later, Okay. Right, Okay. (laughs) I'm just joking, John boy. (laughs) Uh,